the Ladies of the Chains Disc Golf Podcast. My name is Becca, and I am so excited to have with me today, Crispian. Crispian, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's been a long time since I've gotten to be on the show, so I'm very excited. I know, right? And uh, yeah, I am. I'm really excited because I've been wanting to invite you on to share your story. Um, for a couple of years now, because it kind of happened a couple of years ago and yeah. um, life things happened and we'll, we'll kind of talk about that. Um, so today, today we're going to have a kind of just an open and frank conversation about mental health and physical health and disc golf and resilience um, and all of that. Real quick before we get into that, though, I wanted to give a quick update after our last episode um, and nothing has changed. <laughs> uh, the... PDGA is still restricting trans women from competing in the female protected divisions, um, the FPO anyway, at elite series events and the Disc Golf Pro Tour is um, also basically barring um, trans women from competing in FPO on tour. Um, and I just wanted to bring up a really excellent podcast um, that Nova did that I listened to since our last episode. It came out. It's a uh, podcast called share the air it's actually an ultimate podcast um and nova shares some some similar things that she talked about on our uh, uh podcast but some other just i don't know i feel very um it built a lot it can build a lot of empathy that conversation that she had with them um and definitely made me um conscious of wanting to just continue the discussion and continue to take action as we can to um, support our trans friends and to put pressure on uh, the PDGA to, to revert at least back to the, the 2019 policy. Uh, there's likely to be a petition coming um, from Throw Proud soon as well. So keep an eye out for that. Just keep an eye on the Throw Proud website and socials in general. Um, and we'll certainly be sharing that as well. All right. So, Crispian, um, you are one of the most resilient people I know. <laughs> so I really am looking forward to kind of picking your brain just about this idea of, of getting back up again. And I think it translates really well, even just to the game of disc golf. Um, but do you want to maybe share with the listeners a little bit about your pandemic experience and then um, what happened to you on hole 16 at Rosedale that kind of altered the course of your your play there for a while? Well, probably probably forever, realistically, yeah, but that's, that's OK. Um, that's part of the resilience thing, right? Yeah. No. So um, I. Well, first of all, you know, I know you had mentioned mental health and I think I'd like to point out too that I kind of stopped competing or started competing very, very little um, around 2018, 2019 because yeah. I wasn't enjoying it as much and yeah. disc golf was feeling like a job and I'm not even that good, but you know, I was like you and I were talking about, I was starting to throw some, you know, seven, 800 or eight rounds and feeling good about my game and then just kind of could not do it because of the stress and so then I was really enjoying my rounds by myself and just getting out and doing yeah. those things and I live about two miles from Rosedale which um most people in this area obviously know that this course is um hugely busy which worked to my benefit <laughs> um Saturday morning two days after Thanksgiving so 
November 30th, 2020. Um, I was out disc golfing with my then only one dog. I have two now, um, Chloe, and it was just me and her. And I had actually forgotten my phone at home. And I was like, oh, it's no big deal. I only live like two turns away from Rosedale. I'm not going to worry about it. So I get through my round, I get to hole 16 at Rosedale. And if anybody knows that hole, it's a pretty deep valley and comes back up. It's kind of a, one of those, you know, uh, holes that's, you can, you can birdie it or par it, or you can take a seven on it because the fairway is very narrow and lots of trees and treachery, et cetera. And I threw off to the side and kind of kicked off and off the fairway went back over to my disc, tossed it again to get out, went across the fairway and tripped over a rock. And the way I describe it is that my foot got caught on the rock and the rest of my leg kept going. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, I immediately hit the ground and my poor dog, I'm shocked that she didn't run away, but she stayed right near me. I mean, I guess I'm not shocked because dogs are awesome that way but um I uh looked down my ankle was at a an unnatural angle um as the EMTs kept putting it over the uh airwaves to the hospitals we were on our way there there wasn't quote obvious deformity um and um they splinted my ankle in the exact position it was in put a fentanyl IV in me and carried me off the course on a tarp Mm. so that they could get me to the main road where the ambulance was parked. Mm. I had to turn over my car keys, my disc golf bag and my dog to Mm. some guys that were playing behind me that I did not know. Mm. Um, Thankfully they were super awesome. My husband had just gotten to Lawrence for a tournament. Mm. So he was, (laughs) 40 minutes away so I called him or they called him rather and and put me on the phone with him and I said I'm just I'm just gonna give the dog and my car keys to these guys and they stayed and waited thank god Mm -hmm. I got taken to the hospital they tried to reset my ankle and realized that that was not going to happen after they wrapped a towel around it and this poor little orthopedic doctor just basically tugged on it with all her might while I laid there and screamed. And, um, they ended up doing an emergency surgery that night where Mm -hmm. I got, um, it's called external fixation. Some people heard it, you know, called a halo or, you know, when you see a cage around somebody's body part. Um, so they put that in because that was the only way that they could set it. Um, it was, there was too much swelling. I had, uh, when all was said and done, I had broken it in, in three places, um, dislocated both the leg bones and uh, I mean, both the ankle bones at the base where the leg is and tore all the ligaments mm. completely like clean in my ankle. And so they did the X fix and I had that for about 11 days and was of course, non-weight bearing that whole time. Um, I mean, like using a, bedside toilet, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of deal. Um, and, uh, had surgery 11 days later to fix it, quote unquote, and was in a cast. And then a couple of weeks later, they looked at it again after they took the cast off. 
and it wasn't fixed. And I went into a third surgery on December 31st. So mm -hmm. that was th three surgeries in 32 days. Um, the last surgery ended up being the worst of all of them, um, just in terms of the amount of work they did on it. And uh, quite frankly, the amount of pain I had afterwards. Um, I was uh, ringing in the new year into 2021, writhing in bed, screaming because I could not get comfortable. Mm. I used to always think that people, when they broke their ankles, that it was just like, oh, okay, no big deal. You break it and it heals. Right. That is a miserable experience. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. yeah. So I was basically non-weight bearing for like three months mm -hmm. and then was on crutches and then on a walker and then mm -hmm. on one crutch and then on a cane um the funny part is I was actually in physical therapy for that same ankle and had just had physical therapy the day before mm -hmm. on it mm -hmm. for a bone spur in that heel so I still mm -hmm. have I still have that oh, <laughs> but, um, would so, be nice yeah, if you could so just wipe thinking, that out at the oh, same time my physical therapist was cracking up because I called her that Monday I was supposed to have a session and she said I was high as hell calling yeah. her and telling her I wasn't going to make it. So right. anyways, um, yeah. And so I went into PT about two months after that and yeah. I had just, I just turned 40, you know, a year or two yeah. well, in, in 2019. And yep. so I really wanted to play age protected and yeah. My husband and I decided we wanted to had already before I broke my ankle, decided we wanted to play Slinsky, yeah. um, Slinsky masters, because it was going to be, um, you know, within driving distance that year. Yeah. And so, uh, I told them that when I went to physical therapy and I remember the physical therapist, um, you know, this is, so this is February and I played in September. So like about six and a half months, um, before, uh, the tournament and I go into physical therapy and I'm like, so just so you know, I'm just golfer. This is what I do. This, you know, my passion that yeah. just generally like, you know, working out or whatever, which, um, has that's working out and just golf has all changed because of this, which yeah. I know you and I will get into, but, um, yeah, I went into PT and said, this is my goal. I want to play this tournament. And if anybody knows harmony bends, <laughs> it is, uh, it is a monster of a course and it is, you know, huge elevation changes, lots of hiking type climb, you know, climbing up and down hills. Um, and the physical therapist sort of laughed and said, well, let's, uh, let's get you off a cane first and then see what <laughs> we can do. And so we just kind of went from there. We focused yeah. on, um, a lot of, it was my right foot, my right sided dominant. And so we did worked on a lot of like you know, back to front weight transfer and, um, you know, lunges and things like that, just to build up some of that stability that quite frankly, because of the ligaments not being there, my ankle's never going to quite have mm -hmm. all the way. Yeah. Um, and so we did that and, uh, I graduated from PT about a month before Solinsky mm -hmm. and to, just to keep doing it on my own. And I played Solinsky and I, finished and yeah so that was kind of my big plan all along after everything yeah. happened that was so. that was the comeback yeah it was it was um yeah it was definitely like there was a point where I remember being told in some 
fashion or format that I may never walk normally again, you yeah. know? So I remember there being a point, sorry, I don't want to get emotional, but I yeah. do remember there being a point where I remember thinking to myself, like, I may never get to play disc golf again. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think, um, because I know you and I know your story and you've shared your story, you know, on this podcast before, um, do you think some of your kind of past injuries and, and trials and tribulations, did you find yourself kind of drawing off from those at all? Like, Hey, I've come back before. Um, or was this one kind of different? It's, it's hard to say that it's one thing or the other, I guess. Yeah. Um, in some respects. Yeah. I mean, to the short summary is, you know, I've had a uh, spinal surgery in my neck. I've had yeah. hip surgery in my left hip. I've had carpal tunnel surgery in my right hand all since, you know, 2015. So yeah. unfortunately lots of orthopedic surgeries that can set you back with this golf. My hip surgery was pretty major. Yeah. Um, so that's the closest thing. I, I mean, the next surgery is major because of just the subject matter, but yeah. in terms of the recovery, um, in the sort of mobility loss of mobility, it was, you right. know, the hip and the ankle were probably the two that were the worst in that regard. And, you know, I, yes, I did pull from that experience, but there was another part of yeah. me, honestly, that, and I think everybody, no matter how resilient you are, I think yeah. everybody can get to this point where you can go seriously like why me yeah why why me why again why now yeah for sure so you know you just have to push oh, through yeah. that I would say like I said the last surgery was the one that was the hardest on me physically yeah. and and emotionally yeah yeah um I think from the outside looking in like we all felt that way too if, if we could just like wrap you in bubble wrap and like <laughs> just make it never happen again because it was kind of like oh my gosh is this really you know what's happening um well there was some pun that you made at the beginning of the show and i wish i could remember it now but it was something yeah. about falling and i and you <laughs> didn't mean to it was completely <laughs> unintentional and i thought to myself like yeah that's appropriate so yeah yeah you know. falling and actually i fell up. with you the last time i played <laughs> with you it was slippery but yes i yeah. banged my knee a little bit so for real for real but it sounds like kind of having that um you know that tim Solinsky goal like out there kind of helped and uh yeah I mean the nice thing about our sport is there's a lot of ways to experience it but it is hard like when you feel like you're not going to get to experience it like the way that you used to and um you know that's that's what I've been dealing with kind of the last few years like I very, so I have a history of um, an anxiety disorder. I've had panic attacks off and on since I was 14 and it kind of just goes through different cycles. Um, always very connected to my body and just kind of hypochondria and just like, like my very, very first panic I, attack I had was the worst because it was after um, I was uh, doing basketball tryouts my freshman year of high school and I had no idea what was going on. So I had the whole like lose all feeling in my arms and legs. And it was just really, really, really awful. Um, but it was, you know, this physical sensation that I just didn't understand that I thought was connected to playing basketball. And, and it really wasn't. Um, but that was kind of my trigger. So I thought that, you know, the whole pandemic thing, like, we just get to the other side of it and be like, okay, you know, 
survived the pandemic. Now we're on the other side and just jump right back into how everything was. Um, and that was very silly of me because as it turns out, that was, you know, a very hugely traumatic event really for everybody because nobody's life wasn't disrupted. Right. And um, trying to like jump back into tournaments, like I just, I just couldn't do it. Uh, and I like, once I kind of had my first kind of anxiety panic attack come back, like the problem is like physical activity feels very much like a panic attack. And I needed to relearn again, like what the difference was. So I just started like DNFing all over the place and like canceling tournaments last minute. And I know that like really sucks for tournament directors um, and just had to stop and like, I've been in therapy for the last two years and, and things have gotten a lot better. But, you know, to your point, like both mentally and physically, even just as I age and stuff, it's this understanding that like disc golf might look a little bit different, but I also don't want to just limit myself because I'm, you know, afraid. Um, I want to be kind to myself, but also recognize that like, there's still a lot out there. And I did Diva, um, Diva Spring Fever a couple of years ago. And I'm going to go for that again. But I haven't played like two rounds in one day in a long time. Um, you got this. Yeah. It just got to the point like even, you know, going anywhere to try to play like casual rounds. Like it just, my brain's not ready and that's okay. Um, and that. Absolutely is definitely something I know that like a lot of people have experienced. I think part of it is like the great thing about disc golf is you can kind of get away from it all and you can, you know, go to a course where you're on this epic hike and you're throwing, you know, frisbees and it's so cool and you're so separated. But when you have anxiety in your life that can like flip real quick because all of a sudden it's like oh no I am in the middle of nowhere and I feel weird and what if I keep feeling weird you know and all of these things that that turn into that um so I'm kind of just rambling here, <laughs> just like I don't have all the answers but it, it's kind of interesting because like you know you and I and, and Liz did this episode um, way, way early on in the days of Ladies of the Chains, where we talked very much about uh, the mental game and and mental health. And I find myself even just going back to those things we talked about over and over again, you know, like, like the five things that you talked about in that episode is so helpful to just get my mind back um, on my surroundings and just getting out of my head. Like, really, that's it, right? Like, I think we all get in our heads to some degree in disc golf, but um, learning to practice getting out of my head, both to like deal with my anxiety off the course really helps on the course too. And I feel like really good at this point, really confident that I'm going to find the balance and I might not ever, you know, compete in 11 tournaments in one season again, you might not either, but that doesn't mean that we have to be, you know, gone from the sport or that um, there isn't a way to come back to it uh, that can still be really awesome and positive and meaningful. Um, Some of the reasons I've been digging playing um, age protected since I've yeah. come back is just, you know, 
I last and in lots of tournaments you know and Emporia yeah. Ladies Open and yeah I don't play I trying to support tournaments that are important to me in terms of right. like women's events you know that are run by people that I know are working their butts off to to put these events on and I wish I could go to more of the you know the local the um the heartland but right um I don't always get to those and some of it's for the same reasons you're talking about right right which is from a mental health perspective I can't do a trip on a weekend and go back to work on Monday yeah I mean I can but it, and that sounds super whiny no, I'm sure there's doesn't. people out there that are, <laughs> no but I'm sure there's people out there that are gonna be like oh gee, you know but it's more because it's like I realize like I as as extroverted as I am yeah it takes a lot out of me physically and mentally right. to travel play you know all of totally. that stuff Oh yeah. So, you know, but I, I want to enjoy when I'm playing, which is, you know, kind of goes back to what you're saying, which is we want to have the joy in playing it. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it has to look like what we both thought it would look like when we were both in this, you know, we're getting better and we're competing more before we both took some hits, you know, some knocks. So yeah, for sure. And it's just managing those expectations that it, it it turns into something different and there's like, I think it's okay to take those baby steps. And I think they're really, really important too, because that's what I learned again, coming out of the pandemic. I was just like, well, right back into tournament life. Let's go. <laughs> it was like way too abrupt. Um, I needed to slow down and ease back in. Um, and so, you know, kind of the first step was just getting out and playing some ladies leagues and did that. Cool. And so next step is finishing more 18 hole rounds. And then I'm going to see if I can still do two rounds in one day and, and be okay. Um, I'll come play with you since I'm, since I don't get to play in the tournament and yeah. haven't played in the tournament for however many years now. Totally. <laughs> well, and that's what I was going to say too. you know, the, the other hand of this too. And, and I, I think it's worth kind of being honest about this because this is like a big thing in our community and it's a really important thing. And like disc golf is blowing up and for good or bad, we have (laughs) successfully grown the sport (laughs) and there's a a lot with that, but it's still very volunteer based. All, All growth can be painful, right? Yeah. And it's finding this balance between And this is kind of an all of life giving and taking, because one of the things that helps me stay the mentally healthiest is being with other people and giving to other people. But what can also then run me, you know, exactly kind of to what you were talking about, where then I have nothing left and then I'm going to flip back into anxiety mode is is giving too much. And so that's, I think, like the magic balance to find, because like if it ever came to be that I just couldn't play anymore and I could only like talk about the sport and like volunteer for the sport, I would be really sad. I would hate it. I would hate it so much. And I think there's people who have been in that position and have handled it with grace. And, um, and that's awesome <laughs> because like I said, inside of me, if I like straight up couldn't play anymore, I would be so sad. But I recognize that if there are ways that I can like stay involved, that 
are helpful but not as mentally taxing that that can benefit the sport but it'll benefit me too because it's going to get me out of my head a little bit um i have a funny story yeah so involving my right foot yet again (laughs) early on when i was first playing and i was a workout junkie and was before i hurt my neck and was able to do a lot like weightlifting and you know you know i was a workout junkie so anyway um I was at the gym and I was, uh, in a, in a, like a mixed martial arts type class. And I was jumping, uh, doing like lateral jump, lateral jump side to side mm-hmm. and caught my right foot up on the floor, same freaking foot and fractured it in mm-hmm. two places on the outside bone. Um, the metatarsal, which is like called a dancer's fracture. So I was in a boot um, in what they call like a rehab shoe for, I don't know, four weeks or something like that. And you know, thankfully it healed on its own and whatever. Anyways, I had just kind of gotten into the sport and I think, I don't know if I was going to play old settlers tournament. I think Mm -hmm. I maybe was going to, but Matt said to me, he was like, well, I know you can't, Matt's my husband, you know, Mm -hmm. he's like, I know you can't, you know, play. He's like, but why don't you go out and spot? And that was my first time ever spotting. And I Mm -hmm. spotted on an island hole so it was really just you know letting people know if they'd gone ob and whatever so i didn't have to do a ton of moving around but you know i sat there and spotted and you know with my broken foot and that was my first sort of foray into like i can't do this right now but i can still like be here and support it so it's kind of a funny story because again that right foot has always just been a problem (laughs) for me apparently but Yeah. But yeah, I mean, being out there and, and doing the work, you know, is, is definitely a way to help. Now you mentioned handling things gracefully and I'll be honest again, I'm, you know, I'm nothing if not honest with people about yeah. my flaws as well as my, you know, I mean, yeah. I can say, oh, I'm good at this, that, and the other, which is a great thing, but you know, to also be on the other side where, you know, I can complain just as much as the next person. And I know mm-hmm. that there were periods of time and I know Liz and Anna, especially can attest to this world and my husband where I couldn't even like watch disc golf right stuff there for yeah. a while it was just yeah. like it hurt it hurt yeah. me too bad yeah I know that sounds terrible but yeah well, I, I could totally relate to that absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah. yeah um and yeah this isn't you know straightforward or easy stuff there is no like there's no straight path to like whether it's your brain or your body or both absolutely there's no straightforward path to it yeah and I think you know what is encouraging is seeing like people coming back and, and how they they come back and that it doesn't have to be you know the like perfect success story or anything like that like we all love those you know comeback redemption stories but sometimes just getting back up again and like getting on the course and playing a hole is a victory and like bravery looks so different like everybody has kind of their own Mount Everest like I remember one year I uh I played the big blue monster whatever version of it it was and like my shoulder was kind of wrecked like nine holes into this like I don't know it was like 32 holes that year or something it was it's like a one round but takes six seven hours type thing and there was one point where I knew I could quit and I was like just 
in that moment decided to finish and I did and I was like that is my Mount Everest I'm never gonna climb that again <laughs> like, I'm never going to like push myself that far that hard but I did it and like to somebody else they would just be like whatever you know like this doesn't matter this doesn't have to um I could do that in my sleep but for me you versus you that's right? that's what's really tough right and so um I think that's just important for for everybody to keep in mind. And what is cool about that and what when that really, I think, looks best, um, and especially in the disc golf community, when we're really leaning into that community aspect of this that, you know, isn't so much about competition and is more about um, just finding a place to belong and friends and all of that is that our braveries might look a ton different. And then that's cool because if we can be empathetic and if we can like support one another um, and encourage each other in those ways, like, um, you know, even the, the pro side of things, that picture of, of Ella Hansen that was going around with, you know, a bunch of players kind of surrounding her and giving her love and support after a narrowly missed win. Like that really is what it should be about. You know, this, so much of the quote unquote problems in disc golf have to kind of do with a winning culture too, right? Like we're so obsessed with wins and dominance and and all of this stuff. And like wins are fine, but I mean, I don't know if you experienced this. I'm not that big of a Chiefs fan, but I was rooting for them in the Super Bowl. And it was such a great reminder. Like <laughs> they won the Super Bowl and it was like a couple minutes of joy and feeling like, oh, that's really cool. And then that was it. Season's over. It's cool to go out on top, but like it does not affect my... <laughs> whatsoever that feeling was so fleeting right and like yeah winning is cool but I'm way more interested in the ways that we can use disc golf and we can use sports to um experience being human together and experience um you know some of these ways of being brave being active, doing things to, you know, help ourselves and, and each other. Like that's, <laughs> that's where ideally I want us to land. Um, and like disc golf, like I said, in itself is this cool thing. Cause like you have a bad hole and like, I want to shout out Allie, Allie Smith. I'm not actually a disc golf network subscriber right now because I canceled my subscription um, in protest to their exclusion of trans women. However, I do you know, support those shooting their shot and getting out there. And, and Allie Smith is a, a local gal and a sweetheart, wonderful of a human. And, you know, I was following her on UDISC today and she had like really good holes. And then she had one really bad hole. And after that really bad hole, she had a bunch of really good ones. And like, we have that opportunity every hole in disc golf to like get back up. Like that's to me, one of the coolest things about this sport is like I have the opportunity to let that go and like try again on this hole. It's a brand new opportunity to open a really cool present. Of like, you know, I, I know. I swear we've said we've even talked about this on this on this before on the show before, which is just like every hole is a new opportunity. Yeah, you know, I took a nine on the other day at a uh, Rosedale on. Anybody who knows Rosedale knows you shouldn't take a nine on any <laughs> hole at Rosedale. But um, then I like, I, you know, finished, it was you and I were playing. And then I finished with a three with a, with, with a shot at a bird. And I was like, yeah, okay, that's the way to go out. You know, yeah. like, yeah, 
you know, it's okay to have some crappy, crappy times and crappy holes. Yeah. It's just all about how you get up. I've always been, you know, not to whatever, but I've always been proud of myself that like when I was playing some tournaments, there are several where I played a 600 rated round in the morning and then a sure. 700 rated round in the afternoon. Right. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. No, I good remember for that. me. Like, <laughs> yeah. Good for, for me. Sure. I did that, you know, so it is all, it's just all about getting back up. Yeah. You know, it is right. I, I could, I could, after I play nowadays, usually my ankle hurts. Yeah. And I could say like, Oh, I'm not going to do that anymore. But I know that usually by the next day when I wake up, it's going to be fine again. So something you just mentioned is something I, I really wanted to talk to you about too, because it's just something I've been thinking about a lot. Um, and af- that's after you have a setback, learning to trust your brain and body again. I feel like that's so hard to do. And something you just you know mentioned about knowing that you know when your ankle hurts that hey, it's not the end of the world. Like I, I know it'll feel better later. And that's something I've been really doing with myself mentally too, because a big part of anxiety and getting stuck in those moments is like, oh, I'm going to feel like this forever. So I really like pointing out, like just being mindful, right? Like just taking a minute to be like, hey, you know what? I expected to feel bad right now. And I don't. Or the times that I, I do feel really wiped out after playing or I feel anxious while I'm playing, of you know reminding myself hey i'm gonna feel better and then when i do feel better just really mindfully like making that mental note of yes it happened just like i i thought it was going to that i recovered and it wasn't the end of the world um but yeah what what have you found to kind of be helpful as you're you're trying to learn to you know just trust being inside your brain and body um you know it's it's a it's a work in progress i think yeah uh, and, you know, just like you, I have some, you know, pretty significant history of anxiety and things right. like that. And, you know, mindfulness is certainly the big piece of it is, um, I mean, you said it in not these exact words, but one of the big, big sort of tenets of meditation and mindfulness is the idea of impermanence, right? That yeah. any thought, feeling, whatever you have is, is impermanent. So you know, sort of trying to stay in that line of thinking and then, you know, dealing with the, um, I sound like a hot mess, but you know, I have the chronic migraines and dealing right. with those and being able to, in the, in the words that I've heard when I've done, you know, guided meditations and whatnot is non-judgmentally right. sort of look at the sensations that are going on in my body and yeah. going, okay, you know, this is, this I'm having some discomfort here right (laughs) right oh my god (laughs) and I get there a lot you know and I am under the care of a pain management doctor but when you said something interesting which is for me like the absence of pain um is it'll be all of a sudden like hey I don't hurt Right. And so then having to be like oh that's a good feeling you know like (laughs) in a minute um you know so so really I mean I think it just all goes kind of goes back to that impermanence and when you say trusting your your mind and your body but then on the flip side is going like okay I just need to rest today right right so for sure you know I think that you know I think that there's just striking that balance too of yeah making yourself go out and do something 
I mean, I think I might have told you that there's been periods of time where if it weren't for me doing Divas League, I might not get right. out, you right. know, so it's, it's, you know, sometimes it's just, I don't, I really, as a mental health practitioner, I do not like the term fake until you make it. Right. But sometimes it's, it is a, like, <laughs> okay, let me just get out there. And then I know I'm going to feel better once I do. Yeah. You know, so um, I know I'm kind of rambling too, but just trying to get back to your point of like, you know, what have I learned about yeah. listening is sometimes I just go, okay, I'm done. Can't, yeah, you know, for sure. Whatever. And then other times, you know, I push through. Yeah. So. And I, I was talking to my husband earlier today and like, he brought up this idea of learning how to be kind to ourselves, especially as adults, yes, because as we, even if you just think about like growing up in the culture that we do and kind of going back to that idea of, of winning and achieving and like when we're in, you know, whatever level of education we go up through, we just like push and push and push. And then like, well, early I was in, in one of those households. Yeah, right. Definitely in one of those households. Yeah. And then like early in our, you know, adulthood and careers and everything, there's this idea of like, you just got to push, 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 push. And then, you know, once you take your foot off the gas, because you realize that I'm no longer even young enough to keep that up. Right? <laughs> like, um, So now is the time to like, stop, be kind and figure out what I can add back in. Because I also am not like, content to just stop that's not the answer either but it's okay to stop for a while and then to like pick and choose what what comes back in what's like even just worth it to me to push for um because like my mom always said there's very few have to's in life right and like there are times where, where you just have to but um it's pretty rare uh most of the time we really get especially something like disc golf is <laughs> like for enjoyment um but I also know that means that I, I need to put myself in situations where I don't always feel like I have to push. Like I can just feel good about like, all right, I set out to play 10 holes at Ladies League today and I did and I can leave feeling good and not like I, you know, push too hard. This is great. Um, yeah, but I still got out. Like we still got out last Sunday. Like like you and I were both super tired and we were both playing like total garbage. Um but we got to hang out together and we got to play half a round and it was great. You know, like that's, that's okay. That's still a win. You know, it's interesting. Like we, I'm really, really big on like, I work in a, you know, in hospice. So I work in a yeah. field where it's really easy to, to, I don't want to say you can care too much, but to yeah. invest so much of yourself that you, Absolutely. don't maintain good boundaries that you don't yeah. you know that you aren't able to be kind to yourself gentle to yourself whatever and I'm you know I feel like there's this big push in in both corporate worlds and like healthcare yeah. whether it's nonprofit or for-profit I work in nonprofit of you know our employees we you know you need to take care of yourselves and yada yeah. yada yada but then in the same breath you know m most of those same companies sort of talk out the other side of their mouth which is sure. they don't reward people for having good boundaries right. they don't reward <laughs> we don't reward people yeah you know the people that get accolades at work are the ones who quote go above and beyond right well right. you can still go above and beyond and then yeah. put in your time and then have a boundary in your life and yeah. you know, this relates back to disc golf like you know you can set a boundary of like this 
this aspect is not serving me anymore right for me it was competing right you know whatever it's not serving me so therefore I'm not gonna do it yeah you know and you've heard me make the joke I'm I think at this point I'm better at running events or helping to run events than I am at playing but (laughs) yeah something you said you know about that just made me think of kind of this soapbox that I have right now and, and it applies to sports work whatever where you know, we don't reward people for saying like, I, I just can't yeah. do it today. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I think that that needs to change and we need to have a little bit of a cultural revolution. And I don't yeah. want to go, you know, get the idea across that I'm lazy. Cause I you know, you know, that's the furthest thing from the truth. I'm not, right. you know, unwilling to practice or whatever, but oh, for yeah. me, you know, what works for me to keep me engaged and involved is not yeah that you know yeah it's just finding the way to like you said that it's still serving us and that we can still participate because we're not totally broken right because like you can you can push 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 and then be totally broken and then you're worthless to yourself and everyone else um and so that's that's ultimately the goal is to not do that um Awesome. Well, this has been a really good talk and I I really appreciate you uh, joining me in this place of honesty and hopefully someone out there gets something out of it. If nothing else, I've gotten something out of it. Um, I I always say, don't break your ankle. I don't recommend it. No, I I definitely, you know, really watch my footing on hole 16. Um, (laughs) I remember me and me and Kaylee went out like, I think like a week or two after that happened and we were both just like yelling F you to that hole on your behalf. We're like, That's so funny. what you did to Crispian, but we were also very much watching our footing. <laughs> well, you know, you, you, I don't know if you've heard me say this before, but that hole, again, people who know that hole, it's, you know, yeah. thin fairway, valley, yeah. basket up either up on a hill or hidden behind a bush. You know, there's just a lot of bad things that can happen, but you can also just throw it right up the gut yep. and you know, whatever and good things happen. Yeah. So, um, you know, since I have fallen, you know, I've taken plenty of sixes on that hole, yeah. whatever. Um, but every time I have, I think I had maybe one birdie on it. Yeah. Um, since then, like just a perfect drive and yeah, a, like a longer putt or something, uh-huh. but it's every time I get a three on it now, I literally, turn around and give it the double bird yeah like like, i'm not joking there's no exaggeration there i literally turn around and give it double double bird because it deserves it (laughs) i i got it i think i got it for the first time i got the bird this last full round i played with lexi it was really cool i was like holy cow it actually happened um so before I let you go, though, I would be remiss not to bring up the Diva Spring Fever that's coming up that you're heavily mm-hmm. involved in. Um, yeah. Do you want to just give some updates about that tournament and sure, uh, some shout outs about it? Yeah. Yeah. And and I'll mention also Divas League is coming up. So yes. you can see the yes. Self Divas um, where we finished up our uh, fall winter session of League, which is on Sundays. Um, and we will be starting Mondays at Rosedale um in kck kansas city kansas at six o'clock um a lot of the leagues in town start a little earlier at the beginning of the season and then bump up but we sort of historically kept it at six just because then people know and and since it's a beginner friendly league and there's 
parents coming and you know there I think there's just a lot of reasons that we kind yeah. of have kept it at six so uh Mondays at six at Rosedale um all skill levels I have learner discs available and when I say all skill levels I mean yeah. people like me who know a lot about disc golf but don't necessarily throw very well <laughs> um to people that throw better to people that are new that yeah. are throwing pretty well and still learning to people who are you know literally throwing their first round in divas so we have you know a lot of opportunities there for really anybody to play scorekeeping is optional um you know i mean there's some competitive cards if people want to go out and play competitively on udisc with one another it's since it's not a payout league like the rest of the leagues in in kansas city and it's not you don't pay into it and there's no payout um you know, we have the luxury of doing things a little differently. So yep. there's that. And then um, Diva Spring Fiva, um, Rhonda Crosby is our tournament director yet again. And I am the assistant tournament director yep. this year. Um, last year, we had the event at Smithville. We're going back to Rosedale, um, sort of back home, as we keep calling it. <laughs> um, so we'll be playing Rosedale up top only. Um, we've had some questions about, you know, whether or not we're going down under, Um there's just too much uh, yeah. liability, yeah. you know, concerns there of somebody getting hurt. Um, we've had in the past when we used, you know, some of the lower course, um, you know, a fall or two, I believe. So uh, we're using the upper course uh, for both rounds. Um, we may fill. We're we are at I think seventy one of ninety. Nice. Last I checked, and that's just been with pretty much word of mouth. We haven't done a ton of yeah promoting, so um, there's still some spots left, so you can get signed up. Um, it's going to be May thirteenth. Yeah. Um. So uh, for for um, those that sign up, you can also if you um have a a caddy you know, husband, friend, whomever, um, male or female that would like to, they can also purchase a optional caddy pack, which will provide them lunch as well. Um, the competitors do get lunch as part of their players pack. Um, and, um, they will also get caddies would also get a few little goodies. Um, you know, so it's going to be, it's going to be a good year again, May 13th, Rosedale. Um, you know, we have some, uh, uh, some of our same, you know, amenities that we're known for coming back, you know, lunch, um, nice, you know, everybody's going to have access to tampons and band-aids, which is <laughs> something I'm very proud of. Um, so, um, you know, and, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's awesome. about it. Get registered. We still, oh, we also have on disc golf scene, there's a separate registration for sponsorships. Yes. So this year I wanted to point out that we do have, something new that we're doing, which is, uh, for $25, you can get a, you can do a digital sponsor sponsorship, which means we are going to have a big screen running throughout the event. Mm -hmm. And during the event all day, we will be looping, uh, ads or, you know, logos for all of our donors, um, to that and, and, and whatnot. So $25 gets you that. Um, and of course I mentioned in our program, um, 50 would get you a, um, uh, T sign. Um, and then we have other levels. Um, and if you want to put a banner up, things like that. So if you want to go online, um, and make donating to the event easier, 
um, that's a great way to do it. Um, and if you want to help in some other way and you can't help financially, we can always use volunteers um, for both setup and tear down, especially. Um, so, yeah. Awesome. I'm really yeah. excited. This will be my first time playing FA40. So, oh, I just bought I some stuff wait. this weekend for the event. We've got, let's go. Oh, we've got our event raffle again this year. Yeah. Yeah, we've yeah. got some really cool stuff coming. We've got a 90 minute massage. We've got a overnight uh, stay um, in this boutique hotel here in Kansas City. We've got um, a barbecue gift set. We've got a baking gift set. We've got, uh, uh, oh gosh. Um, <laughs> so many things. Think. We've got, <laughs> yeah, we've got, we've got a big igloo cooler, just just yeah. a lot of really cool stuff. We, of course, we have discs and apparel and all those types of things. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully, um, you know, you guys can check it out on DG scene. Yeah. Now we're going to have ourselves an awesome tournament. Uh, well, Crispy, and thank you so much again um, for sitting down and talking with me. I'm really thank glad you. we've gotten to hang out again and play a bunch this winter. That's been really cool. I know. Um, see I'm, you again excited because i'm fixing to go watch this iowa and louisville women's basketball game coming up here go cyclones it's a big one okay. <laughs> but okay. we'll leave it there so thanks everyone to tuning in here tuning in good grief it's a podcast see fa40 i'm old anyway. i'm old yeah like we're getting out the, the eraser to rewind our tapes right now right. So. awesome have a great one we'll catch you next time here on the ladies of chains disco Podcast.